Hey everybody, Randy here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors. That is Precision Pro Golf. No Laying Up is brought to you by Precision Pro Golf. We all use the NX9 Slope, their award-winning rangefinder, which will give you a reliable number to the target, whether you're aiming at the flag or trying to avoid a hazard. It has all the features golfers love, advanced slope technology, pulse vibration, an embedded magnet built into the rangefinder so you can securely attach it to the cart. They offer free lifetime battery replacement services so you're never having to go buy new batteries for it. Tremendous deal. And and Precision Pro Golf measures more than just distances. Their new one-of-a-kind golf app offers advanced insight into your golf game that will help measure your performance and let you know where you can improve. Search the App Store or the Android Marketplace for the Precision Pro Golf app. Right now, our listeners can also receive $20 off the NX9 slope by using coupon code NOLAYINGUP, all one word, NOLAYINGUP. So go to precisionprogolf.com, precisionprogolf.com, use the coupon code NOLAYINGUP, all one word at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder, the NX9 slope. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now on to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Trap Draw episode. I am Randy. I am joined by Mr. Tron Carter, TC. It was a big weekend for us in Jack's Beach. How are you doing? Are you dried out yet? Oh, man. Uh, Well, first of all, great to see you this past weekend. It was Uh, awesome to be back. Thank you. It was great to see you as well. Urban got a win while you were in town. Really, I guess you you headed out at like 10 a.m., I got out just in time. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm struggling a little bit. I, I, I lost my voice playing dice on uh, Friday night and then uh, played some more dice on Saturday night. Uh, but no, what a, what a great weekend. I think I might have, you know, I, I, I do not feel great. Like I feel fine physically. I'm just mentally afraid after playing in, like those were legitimately the worst conditions I've ever dreamt of playing it yeah so for anybody that's not familiar we had our year-end event the nit the nest invitational tournament at jack's peach this past weekend and legitimately we could not have had worse weather it was a true nor'easter that just sat over northeast florida it was like 48 hours and like it was supposed to be yeah 65 degrees like low it, it got down to i think the high on saturday was like 49 or something yeah it was uh, cold and just constant rain and wind and um yeah, we managed had, it was like a tropical storm like we had 40 what 45 to 50 mile an hour winds like yeah 35 mile an hour sustained winds for 36 hours and it rained probably four or five inches right it, it was yeah like it was the worst 
conditions I've ever played 18 full holes of golf in on Friday. Um, you know, I think back to our Monterey Peninsula round on tourist sauce that was really shitty but there was no real wind that day and um but in higher winds but never yeah like never with rain no it was unbelievable but made the most of it had a great time seeing everybody we had 96 people down there um hung out in the cart barn got cornhole got dice got a ton of stuff going. I think beer pong broke out Saturday night. It was a ton of fun. Um, I, I people there have to be people with colds or some yes. type of lingering effects from that weather. I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Thank you know. Big thanks to staff at Jack's Beach and and really to everybody for coming in for it. Uh, and it's just it's so frustrating because we had three or four weeks. Of- <laughs> like spotless weather and it's 72 and not a cloud in the sky today. I mean, uh, yeah, like truly a, like one of the worst luck, you know, we should have some good karma coming as far as, as far as weather comes. I was going to say it definitively cannot get worse. So that's the good news for future years. Uh, if you'd like to come to a future NIT, join the nest. Uh, it is our message board. You can find that at no up.com. It's a great community of, uh, golf loving individuals and finding finding community uh, along a whole lot of other grounds as well so uh tc good to be back in the saddle this week a lot on the plate um had a lot of options to choose from the pga tour was in is in houston uh the euro tours or the newly named breaking news the dp world tour is in abu dhabi um the women are in Tampa. The seniors are in Arizona. Where no, the, the uh, newly named DP tour is in Dubai. Oh, it's Dubai. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, uh, which D, DP, big, big uh, international logistics firm and uh, supply chain firm. So big time you know, for them right now. Here, here at our hearts, right? Um, yeah. You know, I guess we'll start it right there. Like all sorts of, uh, we're tracking all sorts of stuff. I think before we get to our, you know, we're doing Tampa. We'll just get that out there. We're doing Tampa, yep. uh, Tampa specifically, not, you know, not so much the surrounding areas. Like Neil and I went down for, to play, um, play in last year, earlier this year. And, and, uh, you know, just like, I, I just don't get over to Tampa. It's only, I guess it's like four hours from us, but I just don't go through Orlando. I avoid Orlando at all costs. Like if, if, if going to Tampa means I have to go through Orlando, like I'm just not going to Tampa. Um, but whenever to, I guess that's in what Palm Harbor, which is North It's on the, the longest stretch of strip malls. I think I've ever seen like inland from the beach a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just a weird, you know, strange area, but you know, Tampa proper, like I've been down there a few times and then obviously you've got Burns steakhouse and, um, you know, some, some, some really like, you know, Ybor city and then Palmasia area. Like there's some really nice areas of Tampa, but it's just a really, really strange place. Uh, yeah. And the, um, the LPGA is in, I think it's Bel Air. Is, Bel Air, is, yeah. Is Which how you pronounce it. Kind of a strange history as well. Like the Riddler and his buddies just have kind of taken right. it over. Right. So, um, but yeah, all sorts of stuff we're tracking in the meantime, right? Uh, yeah. You know, supply chain logistics, it's, it's becoming a, a hot topic in the national conversation. I feel like... Uh, you know, we've been on this block for a while, of course. Now Almost, people are, are saying that there's potentially going to be a supply, uh, a oversupply of stuff in Q1. All the stuff that didn't arrive in Q4. 
it, you know, maybe a sweepstakes. Sweep yeah, exactly. Uh, I think biggest news, it kind of got lost in the shuffle just because I was so focused on the NIT last week, or really from last weekend, was the whole pole monkey story or the pole assassin story. The pole assassin. Yeah, Jeff Banks, yeah. the special police coach at, at uh, Texas, you know, his, his, which all, you know, respect to his, I think it's his girlfriend. He, he was a, assistant coach at Texas A&M and, and then Alabama. I think he left his family for this stripper who, uh, who does some really provocative stuff up on the pole. And, uh, you know, like very, like really athletic, you know, like almost like, like a gymnast level stuff. Yeah. And, you know, great tie in with, yeah. with Tampa this week. Um, she has a pet monkey that bit a kid on Halloween. Allegedly. 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 He, he may have gotten away from a designated like haunted house type area and into the backyard and the monkey bit his face. Allegedly it's been covered a ton elsewhere. I almost feel like we're going to let it play out a little bit and then maybe come back and revisit it in future weeks. I know our good friend, Bunky Perkins is all over the, the case. You know, maybe when the time's right, we can, get a full debrief from him on, on all the events. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, I wanted to congratulate you. I know that, uh, you know, Congress is, is talking about, um, you know, all this, this salt tax, um, yeah. which you know, I know, I know you're, you're a huge fan of the, uh, the coastal elites getting, getting a big, big, uh, you know, tax credit. Of course, of course, Tron, you know that um, I was I, I thought you might be talking about there was a story in the Atlantic this week about um, congressional members uh, insider trading. I think they, they did a study and congressional members are beating the market by like 20 percent. I think the GOP is beating the market by 35 percent in their Your, portfolios. Has a great uh, I follow that Twitter account. Of course, it's it's a it's I I. In, in all sincerity, it should be the most no-brainer, bipartisan. If, if you get into public service, it should not be, you know, it should not turn into personal profiteering. Uh, that, that they're allowed to insider trade on information that they're literally banding about with laws and such is, it just makes my blood boil thinking about it. Uh, not, in, not only them, also the Federal Reserve, you know, Federal Reserve, People, SEC, it's crazy. It's disgusting. It, it really is disgusting. Um, it's such a, so scummy on, on so many levels. Anyway, I digress. We can talk about that in a future episode too, if you'd like. Um, what else is going on, TC? What, what, what do we need to run down before we get to our guests? Um, the, you know, I, I hate to do this. Another Urban Meyer recruit. Damon Arnett, mm. uh, which, you know, that, that I think that Raiders draft class, that that first Raiders draft class or, or second Raiders draft class is going to go down as one of the worst in history. Um, obviously, the terrible Harry Ruggs news, sorry, Henry Ruggs news, and then uh, this this uh, Damon Arnett character that they reached on, who was like the 90th rated player in that draft. You know, Mayock and Gruden somehow had a, a first round grade on him and 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 uh, reached. I guess he was a massive problem at Ohio state. And, you know, he basically a video comes out the other night. He's, he's very, he's not even speaking English in it. And he's brandishing all sorts of weapons, threatening to kill people. Oh, slurs. Just, just not, not good. 
not good. But you know, like I, I just, who could have seen it coming? You know, another, another urban recruit that I know, that, you know struggles with homicidal tendencies. Yeah, it's it. It really is shocking at this point. Um, is there nothing sacred anymore? You know, I thought Urban built his name on on building up good solid teams, instilling leadership, and raising raising guys the right way. And it's hard when that starts crumbling. Um, yeah. I, I uh, let's see what else we got. We got um. Uh, actually some, some great news. Um, one of the places we went to in, uh, Detroit Baobab fair, the, uh, West African restaurant we ate at, was just named one of eaters best new restaurants in America. How about that, Randy? And from my experience, you know, having dinner there one time, well-deserved. That was such a fantastic, uh, change of pace from what I normally eat. It was, it was an awesome experience. So good on them. Uh, TC, let's see. Tough week for uh, my Bengals, our Bengals. Tough week for Shanny. Yeah. What you know, your Falcons continue to be scrappy. Oh, Arthur Smith coaching the boys up. Um, you know, great, great catch down the stretch there from uh, Cordero Patterson. Um, they, they, I think they need to go ahead and cut Mike Davis. He's not serving a purpose at uh, running back. Shanny, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. It's, it's. Uh, I feel like I was sold a bill of goods by Poosh. There's there's some there's some background conversations happening um, that are we, uh, yeah that are that are you know, they're vibe. raw and emotional right now um, yeah uh, I think we you know I think Zach Taylor needs to go ahead and resign as coach of the Bengals <laughs> we've been over that uh, what a, what a complete egg that they laid God what you he's know not a, he's not head coaching material as soon as as soon as the Bengals get just a little bit of success and, and you know people start to feel optimistic perhaps start to dream a bit uh, I, I get I get the letdown in in New York against the Jets I understand how that could happen but coming off that embarrassment coming home against the rival Browns to, get, abs- to get absolutely blown out of the water is inexcusable. So the Bengals limp into a bye this week. We'll be very keen to see how they respond coming out of that bye. But yeah. um, we, um, you know, I think Pooch and I, or I know you and I are calling on Shani to possibly resign. Resign. Head coach. And just I think that's off the coordinator. I think that, that, that's a win for everybody, all parties, right? resign all head coaching duties just you know give him his own office separate from everything and just let him scheme you know 20 hours a day seven days a week he doesn't even have to travel with the team if he doesn't want to just just let him just let him scheme up plays i agree we got to do a deep dive later on we'll we'll invite some guests on We, we we'll have to go deep in december on the nfl perhaps uh i you know i appreciate you you congratulating me on 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 my Braves. Of course. TC, the Braves winning the World Series. God, you must be like a pig in slop right now. How how ecstatic are you? I did see your mom last weekend. She was legitimately excited for the Braves, which made me happy. Decisive victory. I feel bad for my guy, Dusty Baker, but I do not feel bad for Houston fans nor any of the players on the Astros. Really, truly sick individuals. <laughs> Uh, hey, what's going on in Ethiopia? Is something going down over there? Yeah, it's not good. Like, like in all seriousness, there like seems to be either some genocide or just very like kind of ethnic, like you know the whole they've been at war for like a year now, kind of civil war with the Tigray region, and 
just not good. It's like extremely depressing actually. So okay. they seem like they're kind of on the verge of the entire country collapsing. Uh, so keeping an eye on that. Definitely um, not good. Um, yeah. There's a, uh, there was an assassination attempt on the Iraqi president's head the other day. You see that with a, got a bunch of explosives to a drone and then flew it into the presidential palace. Whoa. Yeah. Kind of wild there. Um, gosh, what else? What else is going on? In, uh, I feel like that's, that's got to be a, a sign of things to come, right? Aren't, aren't these drones going to start getting terrifying, man? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a pretty natural uh, end point for, for some drone usage by the, by the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, I saw the Navy, um, you know, starting to test a, a hypersonic rocket motor. Um, this comes about as, you know, China is, is of course increasing their, their nuclear weapon stockpile, I guess that that came out this week. And then also, you know, they, they, they tested their hypersonic weaponry of the last month or two. So of course, um, well, maybe we keep it light. We, 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 we went long with our guests. It's a great guest. Um, one of my favorites of the year, you know, of course I love all our guests, but, um, no offense to anyone. No offense to anyone. We have a Tampa, a Tampa native, although he doesn't live there any longer. Uh, he spent considerable time in Tampa. I think he can give us a great view on, on what makes Tampa, Tampa. And uh, somebody that's near and dear to our heart uh, for the simple fact that have provided us with near endless entertainment and have been a big source of inspiration for what we do at No Laying Up. So um, is, that, is, that, is that all fair to say? Absolutely. Top three favorite follows on Twitter. Um, like I went and saw him and Spencer and, and the other guys, um, Jason and uh, Richard, all them live and Holly, all them live here in Jacksonville when they came through uh, last year, two years ago. Um, but yeah, just like one of the funniest, like and probably like most intelligent people on the planet, <laughs> like just so witty. We are talking about Ryan Nanny is his government name he goes by celebrity hot tub on twitter he was one of the driving forces early on in every day should be saturday uh moved over to sb nation full-time eventually um was with banner society and is now a secret base we asked him about that project but just an awesome guy um go along with him variety of topics so Anything else, Tron, or, or should we get out of the way and, and get to our interview? Let's get the hell out of the way. Sounds good. Uh, without further ado, our conversation with Celebrity Hot Tub, Ryan Nanny, Tampa expert. Hey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to that interview, I, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's podcast, and that is our good friends at Roback, Roback Activewear TC. Um, Let's start here. I know we have a partnership with them. Can folks, are, are those available yet? Where can folks find the special no laying up merchandise with Roback? It's a collab, Randy. As a they, collab. Okay, sure. As the youths are calling it. Oh, sure. Uh, Store.nolayingup.com. We've got uh, the, the Roback hoodie. Um, it, they're flying off the shelves. Like many people are saying it's the most comfortable hoodie uh, that they've ever owned. So, um, I just got mine the other day and, uh, people swear by their polos too. Like I, their, their following is, is, uh, very, very ardent and, and loyal and getting increasingly vocal. 
of course. You mentioned the performance polos. Those are those are awesome. Four-way stretch, super soft material. Uh, they'll stay wrinkle-free. They also have performance quarter zips. It's fall, uh, which means it's quarter zip season. Definitely something you can wear out on the golf course. And then, of course, the performance hoodies. They're stretchy. They're soft. Um, I, I'm seeing them everywhere, not just the no-laying-up ones, the, the Roback logo is is popping up everywhere so listeners right now use the code if you go to roback.com use code nlu for a generous 20 percent off your first order through the end of this week that's spelled r-h-o-b-a-c-k.com roback.com that's 20 percent off all polos quarter zips hoodies and tees with code nlu they just dropped some new hoodies and quarter zips that will have you looking good and feeling fresh Go check them out at roback.com. And as you said, Tron, um, if you want to get the, the no laying up collab hoodie, check that out in our store. We thank them very much for sponsoring the trap draw. And now on to our guest this week. All right. Joining us now on the line, our very special guest this week. Uh, allegedly, we'll see a Tampa expert. He goes by Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter. It is Mr. Ryan Nanny. Ryan, huge thrill to have you on the trap draw. Welcome. How are you today? Thank you. Um, Tampa expert definitely feels like not a compliment, but it's not wrong. So I can't really get mad at you. Tampa uh, is a weird, weird, wonderful, diverse place. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and mm-hmm. does Tampa expert encapsulate, you know, are you a St. Petersburg expert in a, in a so kind of, I'm, kind of Tampa Bay expert or just, is it just Tampa? So I grew up in the, like basically the Northern edge of Tampa up near Pasco County, not in Pasco, but so I am more familiar with Tampa proper than St. Pete and Pinellas that, is, but that not like, it's not night. First of all, these two places are not wildly different. It's not like you're talking about, Oh, well, you know, that's Spain and the other place is Arkansas. No, not at all. So, so yeah, I feel, I feel confident that I can at least speak with some authority on these matters. Well, well let's start there. Let's, let's, we, we love to have our guests establish some, uh, some bona fides. I, I will say hand sure. up, Ryan. I lived in Jacksonville for nearly four years and not one time did I make it over to Tampa. Um, yeah. I still don't quite understand Tampa. How, how do you describe Tampa? the area to people such as myself. Gosh. Okay. Um, so the tricky part about Tampa, at least when I was growing up there, it has changed a bit is that it has kind of the designer imposter version of stuff. You can get better in Florida. So like (laughs) Tampa has beaches, but you can get better beaches on the West coast near Jacksonville. You can go to Cocoa beach. You can go down to Miami. Like you, you have better options there. Tampa has theme parks and they are reasonably priced, but you can go to Orlando and do all that stuff there. Tampa has medical facilities. I guess that's not really a reason to visit unless you have no choice. Uh, Here's the one thing Tampa does have though, above all these other places in the state, finest airport, greatest airport, always, always been top notch. And I think that's important. Although, yeah. although yeah. I remember I, the last time I flew in there, it was very, very, uh, you know, I was probably in, in grade school. Uh, is it still all carpet? 
I don't think it's still all carpet, but I it's probably more carpet than you would like. Okay, because I, I just remember they didn't sell any gum. And whenever I traveled when I was uh-huh, you know, a youngster, I liked Bubblicious, Big League Chew, all those sure. sort of things. They didn't sell gum in the entire airport. It was here's, crazy. Here's the flip side. Floridians need to be around absorbent surfaces because they can just eject liquid from their bodies at un- <laughs> unpredicted times. And you can't like tile, hardwood, whatever. You can't assume that there's somebody that's going to throw sawdust down on that. So that's why the airport has to be carpeted to sort of act as a sponge for the people coming in and out of Tampa. It's just unbelievable that you're, you're leading with the airport. We always ask about airports as part of our, you know, as part of our due diligence on yeah. these places. And yeah. in fact, it, it's what it was. It was like the first um, like land side, air side airport, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and it's all like, it's, it's, it's just a top notch airport. And I think that's important because you can't stay in Tampa too long. You got to leave at some point and the highway, you don't want to be on the highway. Just get on the air, get on that airplane, fly somewhere else. What, what do you make of the, the sports teams in Tampa though? I, I feel like sure. maybe that's becoming the identity of Tampa between the, the bucks and the sure. lightning. The, the whole Rays Tampa Bay close. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bay. Um, so <sighs> There's something to that, but it, it's it's kind of weird because they all have this very unusual history with the city. So the Bucks have been there the longest. They came in, I think they were part of the expansion in like 73, 76, something like that. Um, and so they have, you know, arguably the longest relationship with the city and its people. But a lot of that relationship has been this team wears terrible uniforms. This team uh, fields terrible results. Um this team plays in this hot concrete sombrero that was later changed to a chain restaurant that didn't even exist in the state or at least in the city at that point. So it's got like a weird history, but they are like the, the one that that's probably the team that you will find most consistent long-term pride for The lightning are probably the most interesting of the homegrown sort of built teams, but they, they, for a while, they were jumping around a bunch. They used to play in Tropicana Field, which used to be called the Thunderdome, which what a, what a much better name yeah. for an athletic facility to call it the Thunderdome, and now it's Orange Juice Field. Absolute garbage. Um, and then the Rays, like, the Rays now play in Tropicana Field, which I described to somebody as sort of like if you had baseball in a Sam's Club, so it's kind of a weird setup. They're doing this whole thing with, I assume you all are aware of the like proposed Montreal yeah. split. It's outrageous. It's like one of the most interesting things. And this like, is Sternberg just a bad guy or like, what's, what's the deal? So here, I think what it is, is that like many sports franchises, the, this team wants a new stadium and their stadium isn't great now. And it wasn't like, you know, it was built, I think it was built like a full decade before the team got there. And the, the city tried to use it to like lure the White Sox and lure the San Francisco Giants and teams that also sort of like said, oh, we're going to go to Tampa. Nope, we're using that as leverage for our own city deal. So By they the wanted- way, you imagine the Gi- like the San Francisco Giants moving to, Dude, dude, the newspaper like had like placards and stuff printed up. Like they were, everybody was like, "This is going to happen." the The team was ready to go, but if I remember correctly, the other owners were like, "Absolutely not." 
absolutely not. And I think it was the Marlins primarily that because they were they were so relatively new at that point or had been approved, I don't remember which, they were like, no, we want to own this. Spoiler, there are not that many Marlins fans in Tampa. It didn't like work for them in that regard. But I think the whole Montreal thing is like just the most naked, aggressive, backfiring way to sort of like leverage their way into either a new stadium or moving. But I don't know why they like why they have doubled down. Like they were ready to put signs up during the the playoffs that were like, "Yeah, you're hey Tampa, you're gonna get a new mom soon." Like, no, don't do this now. People are happy. What's wrong with you? It's just so strange. The whole Montreal, like Montreal of all places, a place that's kind of proven that you know, like baseball didn't work there. Now, granted, sure. they, they have a, they've had a terrible stadium, but. You know, like Nash, like I'm sure Nashville, like Cincinnati and Atlanta would probably bitch about that or same thing with Charlotte. But, you know, they're, they're like, it seems like there's all sorts of other markets to try out, except, you know, besides Montreal. But I, I suppose it's because there's better, you know, su- midsummer weather in Montreal. Is that part of the reason? I, it's either that or they're trying to make this as difficult on Floridians <laughs> as possible. Because if you pick, if you pick Nashville or Cincinnati, like some people will be like, well, I can, I can like go to a weekend of games there. But it's like, no, you got to go to Canada now. You got to suck it up and you got to go to Canada if you want to go to these. And and the flip side is now, like, how does Montreal feel about that? How, do, how does Montreal feel about the fact that baseball looked at them and said, here's who you closely, most closely map with, Tampa Bay. Have a great time. This is your dance partner now. Well, it's, it's, like, it's funny, too, because it's such a similar franchise to how the – the original expos were run sure. right? of, of, you know, like premier farm system ran it on a shoestring budget and crappy and, stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There are, there are plenty of similarities, but I don't even know, like I've seen plenty of Tampa people who are like, I hate this. This, this idea is terrible. I have seen, and maybe I just don't follow the right people on Twitter. I haven't seen like Montreal Twitter be like, yeah, we would love to have half the raise. We would love that. We would love to share custody. They're just so they're so amped up about their alouettes up there. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So going that's, back, what's your like? So you grew so you grew up like in Tampa. Like going back to your bona fides, yeah. you grew up like lifelong. I, I so I was born in Gainesville, and I moved to Tampa when I was like three, and I was there through high school. My okay. parents still live there. I go back occasionally, but yeah, like I spent like all of the nineties in Tampa, which is just a real, oh boy, these things go hand in hand. And you know, maybe that's why the nineties are back in Tampa's winning championships. Now, maybe it's just part of the same sort of, you know, so you were there, like it was, it was the, you know, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, yes. Simeon Rice, uh, Randy's guy, coach Dungy. Yes. 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 Um, I remember those teams. I remember the Sam Weish teams before them with Trent Dilfer as the quarterback and Vinny Testaverde as the quarterback. Sure. Um, I went to, I think I went, as a kid, I went to one Bucks playoff game where they played the Lions and Scott Mitchell just got obliterated, like, like seriously injured in the first half. And that was the first time I heard people like cheer loudly for an injury. And I was like, oh no, this is probably not good for my soul. <laughs> You, yeah, so that would have coincided too with, the, of course, the Martin Gramatica era, right? Yes, yes, Mr. Automatica himself, correct. <laughs> Prior to uh, tearing his ACL celebrating a field goal, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
kind of put Tampa amongst its Florida peers, right? Um, I, I'm curious as, as, you know, as somebody that born in Gainesville and, and grew up in Tampa, like you're, you're in the belly of the beast in terms of just Florida, right? Yeah. Kind of as yeah. Florida as Florida can get. Has it always been that way? Uh, I feel like in the last decade plus, you know, Florida's really gotten on the map as a place that's weird and wonderful and um, so many other adjectives. Yes, yes. Has it always been that way? And and kind of how does Tampa fit with its, you know, bigger name neighbors such as Jacksonville, Miami, uh, Naples, all, all, all of that stuff? Well, Randy, I think I, I think he needs to take offense to that because I don't think Jacksonville is a bigger neighbor. I think Jacksonville is a smaller neighbor to, to, to the Tampa area, right? I read Jacksonville has by population, it's bigger. I think Tampa is number three in Florida. That could that could be right. That could also be that thing where they're like, yeah, Jacksonville, it counts like people who live an hour away. Who like commute, the metro or area or whatever. Well, yeah. but Jacksonville is all of Duval, and that's yeah. that skews the stats. So yeah. yeah. Um, I will choose not to take offense, although I appreciate the opportunity to do so. I would say, yeah, Tampa has always been weird. Um, part of that is the strip club scene, which has been there from the beginning, uh, or at least like from the time I was there, it's not like, you know, the conquistadors showed up and they're like, Whoa, strip clubs. That's awesome. We got to stay. Um, so that's a big part of it. And it's not just the strip clubs. It's how central they are to everything else. It's not like this is a part of the city where they were sort of like, ah, oh, we'll tuck it over here. It's, it's like, you know, if you, uh, if you really had it in you, you could walk from Raymond James stadium where the bucks play to the strip clubs, to, to Mons Venus, to 2001, to all of it. Um, so they, they sort of like, prominently feature as one of the city's defining cultural landmarks if are they know. all over the city or are they just no, are they, they, tend, are they kind of in one area so so the answer is yes and no the the ones we've all heard of are all in one area mm-hmm. they're all sort of clustered together on on a row but then you'll randomly get some that like pop up like 15 miles away like there was one not far from where i grew up that was just a freestanding building called the body shop and it was very confusing because it was on a stretch of road that also had literal body shops where you would take your car so there was yeah yeah it's just yeah so so it's got that going on and it does have sort of the um the carl hyacin weirdo culture as well um you know there's dumb crime happens in tampa frequently uh, dumb politics happen in Tampa frequently. There's like the best example I can think of is that when I was in high school, which was in like the late nineties, God, that's horrifying to say, um, there, we, uh, got bomb threats all the time. This is before nine 11. So it wasn't like that big of a deal as strange as that is to say, but we got bomb threats probably once a week in high school where we all have to evacuate and go out to like the football field and wait for whatever they did. Didn't seem like it was long enough to, to thoroughly look for a bomb, but it was some amount of time. And like two months later, they figured out it was the same dude who I think had been kicked out of school, but just wanted to make out with his girlfriend during school hours. And so he would call in a bomb threat because that meant she would get thrown. She, like everybody else, would be sent out of school and he could hang out with her. And this just seemed normal. That's the fucked up part is not that it happened, 
but you were just like, yeah, that's just how it goes. That's that's what being a public schooler in Tampa is like. And then, so, so Tampa's in Hillsborough County. Yes. And, and then like you get east, kind of the east side of Hillsborough County. It's super weird over there yes. too, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, all of it's weird. That's the nice thing. Polk County's weird. Pinellas County is plenty weird. Spencer, Spencer Hall uh, is has more of that Pinellas St. Pete experience, but like in terms of what thrives there and what um, the kind of people who are like, oh, I'm a lifer here. You gotta be, you gotta be cut from a very certain kind of cloth. That's why when like the whole Tiger King thing happened, if you were from this area, which is where like a lot of this took place, none of this seemed that odd. We were like, yeah, we're sort of used to the idea that there are like, I started my own animal sanctuary and I'm doing air quotes as hard as I can right now. Like these are things that you were used to people doing. The idea of like people having alligators eat their pets or snakes just randomly showing up in their swimming pools. It's sort of like, yeah, it's sort of always living like in a zoo that is just barely under control. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, are, are you up for a little power ranking early in the, early in our conversation? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, would, would you feel comfortable power ranking the top five uh, strip clubs in Tampa? Wow. Um, this is where I'm going to have an embarrassing uh, admission and say that I've never been to any of the strip clubs in Tampa. Not one. Okay. Uh, the, 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 I have been to a strip club in Florida, but it was in Pensacola. And I promise you it's, it's at the bottom of whatever power ranking you want to do. <laughs> it was probably a blue angels themed. Thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wish it had, God, that would have been great. That would have been great. So yeah, I don't, I, I, I can tell you by reputation where, where people would point you, but I couldn't tell you from direct experience. It, it, it's funny when we had Spencer on uh, for Atlanta, we talked at length about strip clubs as well. It was like a central theme of, of you know, and, and in particular meals at those strip clubs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that the food thing, I don't, I don't think that carries it over. I, I at least have never heard somebody say, Oh, you should have the lobster mac and cheese. <laughs> at 2001 like that would really put me off but but may, maybe that's a thing it's not a thing that i've heard okay. well, all right what's the deal like so because I, I remember reading oh, this is a year or two maybe even longer than that about like all these like almost like grade school kids stealing a bunch of cars it was primarily over in like the saint petersburg side of things sure but it was like by by all accounts it seemed like the most like, you know, like per capita place where like people just steal cars. Yeah, that seems right. Just take them um, like outrageous joy rides. Yeah, because there's, I mean, so part of the problem is that there's, um, there's stuff to do in Tampa, but it's not like there's a ton of stuff. There's not a lot to keep you occupied. So the idea of like, oh, most of our, most of your time as a child is going to be spent in mischief of some level is absolutely correct what like we're gonna have a bottle rocket fight is it fourth of july no it's not but it's florida you can get fireworks that's not a problem we're gonna build a very shoddily constructed ramp my brother ran a pog tournament which also sort of dates me by age that was like kind of a pyramid scheme but he did it wrong and he lost money on the venture like that's just a thing he did in middle school it's it's there is there is not a lot of wholesome entertainment to be had in Tampa because it sort of is like 
it's a little bit Las Vegasy, but it doesn't have the gambling and it doesn't have like the fancy restaurants and the big spectacle shows you go to. It's a little bit Myrtle Beachy, but it doesn't have like the same kind of spring break culture because that happens up in the panhandle. It's like got all these weird little things that are kind of like other big cities you've been to, but it doesn't go all the way into it. And so you end up with like the weird scraps. It's a very good representation of America in a lot of ways because you can go there and sort of be like, okay, I feel like I had a very bad time in several other American cities. And and so like the, the, quote unquote, like really nice areas of Tampa are kind of down on that peninsula, like a little bit southwest of of the city. They're either there or they are north of the city, not where I lived exactly, but like 10 minutes away. So like there's a, there's a big development, or at least there was, I assume it's still there called Avila where like all the, like a bunch of Bucks players lived there Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Or, and you know, sort of like people who would eventually go on to be uh, congressmen or something like that who had made their money somewhere else. So there, so there are these little pockets of private communities, but yes, um, down in Pinellas and that part is also like, yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be rich because there's a lot honestly, of coastline, right? There's a lot of coastline and like, you can kind of just blend in. Like there are not, where are you going to go in Tampa where, where you're going to be mobbed and people are going to be like, Oh, there's so everybody's at the mall everybody's at target or something like I, if you're Tom Brady, you can't just go. Boston is a walkable city. Where are you going to walk in Tampa? Where are you going to go? All the places that are walkable are either like places. Tom Brady's not going or they're extreme. Like they're like a private country club or something where he's not going to get bothered. It's a very good place to just like stay, like keep to yourself as much as you want to. And then do 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 like do all the olds live over in uh, in uh, St. Petersburg? The olds are just everywhere. The okay, are just everywhere because because all the hospitals and medical facilities and like retired facilities they're they're everywhere. But the one place where the olds really go is not even in Tampa. It's the villages. Of course. Of yeah. course. My grandmother lives in the villages and it's a wild fucking place. Trying to get Randy and Neil to go to a golf series over in the villages. Do they, do they have, do they, like, what is, I don't even know what the golf scene in the villages. Like, oh, I know there's a lot. It's, like it's a ton. Courses. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and tons of just executive, like the short courses. Yes. Yes. And We're everybody, part three of this. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody rolls up with their own golf carts. Yeah. It's avid, avid golf golf community golf i think i i am pro this i think you should go profile the villages golf scene do you hang out in the villages with your grandma like do you go oh like i go i go visit i go visit because i'm not a monster but like if if, when you go visit do you go to her place or do you guys go out like in the in the the little like planned like the planned downtown areas and stuff like yeah we'll go to we'll go to carabas or something like that we'll we'll go out to dinner if we have to I don't want to stay for long. Uh, we mostly just go to her house. And it's like, you know, I will say this. I bet it's very nice. I bet, I bet it's yes. pleasant. For, 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 a certain, for a certain time in your life, yes, she knows her neighbors. It's easy to get yes. around. You know, there are people who check in on her. She can go to church, et cetera, et cetera. But like going there, it, it feels so weird so foreign and there's nothing about it where you're like i think i want to stay here another no you're watching the watch you're looking at your watch the whole time the whole time 
let me let me ask you this about Tampa. I'm on I, I don't know, not not to set you up here, but what what's the soul of Tampa? What's what's the what what's your favorite redeeming qualities of Tampa? Um so I don't I don't know if this is redeeming or not, but I think one of the most interesting things about Tampa is that hardly anybody is from there. So it's mostly people who their parents moved there. The same my parents aren't from Florida, they're from California. Um, and most of the people that I went to school with or met, you know, through work or whatever are the same way. There aren't a lot of like fourth generation tampons. That that is true in other Florida cities, like Jacksonville has some of that, Miami has a lot of that, um, Tallahassee has a good amount of that. But in Tampa, it's just not true. And the interesting thing about that is that it kind of it you get to meet lots of people who have sort of backgrounds or frames of reference or just like interests that are not the same as yours. So you're kind of put into um, not, it's not a melting pot. It's not that Tampa does have the restaurant, the melting pot. It's a great place to spend too much money on a date. Headquartered in Tampa. That's yeah. Right. One of the many, many, many uh, Alpac Carabas. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll get to Alpha. We'll talk about that from the empire. Yeah. Um, the Brady's, uh, <laughs> you know, so crackers and rallies, all sorts of, Oh, it's just a culinary masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you get to, you get to like have friends who are like, Oh, you're a Packers fan. That's weird. That's kind of cool. Like there's not a lot of, uh, it doesn't breed a lot of sort of, um, homogeneity in terms of like, you're supposed to be like this or dress like this, or root for this team, or act this way. And I think that's probably the thing that makes it very different from a lot of other Southern cities, is that sort of absence of cultural sameness or cultural identity that it's trying to push forward gives you a lot of room to sort of be who you are and figure out who you are for good and for bad, and and not sort of have to say like, oh, well, because I live here, that means I am this. That can be very challenging in a lot of ways too, because like, I think the way that people who have lived in Atlanta a long time or are from there sort of like that, that informs a lot of their personality and who they think of themselves as I have never had that with Tampa. Ultimately I'm fine with that. And I think it's a good thing. Um, but I can see for other people that that can kind of be like an absence or whatever. Um, I can see that being similar, like Phoenix. Sure. Yeah. You know, where it's just kind of like popped up and and it's, you got good weather and and a bunch of kind of strip malls and, you know, newer housing developments and and it's kind of a, you know, transient city where a lot of people moved. Yeah. Um, And the other thing I think I didn't appreciate until I left and went to New York is that Tampa is a, a really nice place to like live and outdoor life as a kid, as an adult, obviously golf is part of that, but like being able to swim or go out on a boat or go play basketball outside or whatever. It's, it's like, you don't really think about it until you are somewhere where you're like, Oh, it's getting dark very early or it's too cold to like go out and do these things. Um, whatever. But like the idea that you didn't really have to think about that, when you were a youngster and just sort of said like, yeah, we play soccer all year. There's not a season where we're like, oh no, we can't play soccer anymore. It's too cold for that. Um, Mm -hmm. 
there is something very appealing about that. Even as yeah. you like sweat half your body weight off at the time. Well, let's uh let's journey then from Tampa. You went to back to Gainesville, kind of, you know, yes. a, a full circle. You were born there and then uh you did your undergraduate at, at UF. Was there yeah. Was there ever a thought to get out of Florida? Was it always going to be UF? Talk to me about your. Oh, I was totally leaving. I was totally leaving. Yeah, I was. I was. I, I my plan was to go to Stanford, and this is going to sound like a brag, but it's not. I got into Stanford, and then I was like, I don't think I'm ready to go that far away from home. Also, it's very expensive, and I knew. I knew going in, I was like, I'm going to be an English major. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to spend $180,000 to have me read Sylvia Plath. Like, I just don't think that makes that much sense. So I'll that's, just that's, do it. Can I say that's very wise. Honestly, that's that's very level-headed and, and sober analysis time. for somebody that's, yeah, 17, 18 years I'm, old. I'm, I'm shocked that I arrived there as well. I don't think it's the only reason I, like, decided to go to Florida, but it was definitely part of it. And so I, yeah, so I ultimately decided to stay closer to home do something that was going to cost a lot less money and go to Florida. And it was, it was a really good experience. Like, even though it was not Gainesville is like even smaller and even like the weather in a Gainesville summer is basically the worst weather you can imagine because it's all the heat and humidity of Florida, but it's not near the ocean at all. So it just sits. It just sits. What, um, what years were you in, uh, in uh, Gainesville? I was there. Uh, I got there fall of 2001. <laughs> so like my first semester in, in school was nine 11, which was, which was so ridiculous in retrospect, because I remember the Tuesday that it happened, they didn't know what to do. And they were like, I guess we're canceling class. We'll figure that out. But then these rumors started circulating that they were like, Oh, we're worried that they're going to target like American universities and looking back now you're like al-qaeda definitely wasn't going to fucking attack gainesville florida what are you guys talking about that's crazy Uh-oh. but i was there from 2001 to 2005 uh yeah you, that's when i graduated so, so you had helpings of spurrier zook and urban no i got no urban i got no I got urban because no okay. i graduated in spring so i got spurrier's right. last year which um is the year that Florida had, because of 9-11, had to play Tennessee later in the year than normal, lost that game, didn't go to the SEC championship game, didn't go to the BCS championship game, didn't, Rex Grossman didn't win the Heisman, which is fine in retrospect. And then, yeah, I got three years of Ron Zook and I left. Rex Grossman ruled. Like Re- Rex, Rex Grossman um, knew who he was and decided to be that person. 100 percent and then what you had like brock berlin uh, no because he transferred i had to watch brock yeah. berlin beat florida as a, as miami's quarterback so it was like a couple years of chris leak i yeah. don't remember i think maybe grossman stayed a year of zook so it was mostly grossman and leak that i remember yeah were you a uf fan growing up before getting to Gainesville? So yes, but I wasn't that into college football or college sports as a whole. Like I was much more into the NFL and pro sports, but to the extent I had like college allegiances, I was already a Florida fan. Yeah. Did you, uh, forgive me if this is a dumb question. Did you overlap with Spencer 
at Florida? No, no. Okay. Um, I imagine he's a little all, bit for, older. He's very old. That's the important <laughs> thing that we should all agree on right here. Um, yeah, I think he would probably been like four or five years ahead of me. So, so I don't, yeah, I don't think we would have, it would have taken um, either some Doogie Housering on my part or some Stephen Godfreying on his part for us to overlap. Okay. Uh, well then talk to me about going to UF, wanting to be an English major and you eventually go to law school. What, yeah. yeah what, what was the career path like? What, you know, when did you set your sights on being a lawyer? I, there's so much I want to, this will branch into so much more, sure. but yeah. yeah. I, from English um, major to law school, what what was that like? So I got to Florida and I was like, I'm going to be pre-med. I oh. was, I was, a, I was, yeah, this is, there's a theme here and it's that I'm not good at making decisions. Um, but you said I, earlier you wanted to be English major and you, so you just totally threw that out the window when you no, got there? So, so I, my plan was I was going to get, do an English degree and I was going to do pre-med on top of it. Okay. Oh, so, so you were like. I was, oh, Were you I was kind of a, a dork or a nerd. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I was an achiever. Yeah. 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 Let me Were put you it this way. Valedictorian of your high school class. No, no, because I went to school with some crazy achievers. <laughs> I went to school with people who took AP Latin in the summer just so they could get closer to valedictorian status. I at least had the presence of mind to say, no, I'm not taking extra AP classes in summer to do that. Tampa, the land of achievers. Yeah. yeah that's what it is. That's Big what, upset. Here's what I think it is. I think if you are somebody who is a striver and an achiever in Tampa, it creates like a little fire of panic in you where you're like, I got it. I got to do whatever it takes to get the fuck out of here. I, I'm going to ask a very important question. If, yeah, and if you yeah. answer a certain way, I'm going to fall out of my chair. Okay, did, did you go to a public high school in Tampa? I, I did go to a public. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. But that's that's the biggest upset of the year for me. It was, it was what's called an IB school. So it's this like fancy hyper AP academic magnet program type thing. Okay. Yeah. But it was, wow. but yeah, it was a public school. Um, Good for you. Good for Tampa. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so I was like, all right, I'm going to try this pre-med thing as I'm also enrolled for an English degree. <laughs> and after a semester of chemistry, I was like, I fucking suck at this and I don't like it. And I immediately abandoned it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to sort of follow the academic path that is based on like, not necessarily this will lead to a career in X or Y, but like, here's what I think will be interesting to me. Here's what I think will be like enriching or whatever. I was like, you know, I, I thought college, the point of college was to like go and take classes you were interested in. Again, nerd as shit. The point of Which, college I, I totally agree. That's yes, exactly. I was a history major. Yeah. So, so, so I was like taking literature classes, taking some language classes on the side, check, you know, I, doing intro to weather to get through my science requirement. Hard class, by the way, intro to weather, deceivingly hard class, but got through it. <laughs> Um, and then as I sort of came, was coming to the end of, of my four years, I was like, all right, I got to do something else. I think based on some of the other classes I had taken, I had taken a logic class that I thought was very interesting. And I had taken like, I think it was a rhetoric class and looking at both of those together, I was sort of like, okay, I think 
law school could be an interesting opportunity for me, whether or not I become a lawyer, because there are things you could, this is the thing. They lure you into law school by telling you like, there's so many things you can do. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to like go work for a corporate law firm. And they can't tell you that in other jobs. Like they can't get you to go to med school by being like, it's fine. <laughs> You'll just like, you know, sew up gunshot wounds for the mob. You don't have to be a like doctor, doctor. So, so I decided like, okay, this feels like a place where I can go do something that similarly helps me or sort of plays on my strengths as a writer, as a reader, as a critical thinker, whatever. And then I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it at the end. That part's not a good plan. And anytime somebody comes to me now and is like, should I go to law school? I'm like, you should know why. You should not just go to law school and be like, that seems like a lark. That seems like a fun three-year cruise to take. Uh, so, <laughs> and and do you still practice law today? No, no. Okay. No, I, I, I did that for six years. Before what kind the, of law? I was mostly doing internal investigations by the time I left. So I worked for a pretty big size law firm in New York for, so law school is how I ended up going to New York. I went to NYU for law school. And then I worked for a firm there for four years. And then I worked for the city for another two years for the city's department of investigations, which is basically like, Hey, people call up and say, um, you know, the, uh, department of sanitation is trying to shake me down for a bribe or, I am a family member of somebody who works, uh, who's imprisoned at Rikers Island and, you know, they are being propositioned for sex by a guard or something like that. Um, so it's like some crazy shit. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty serious work. Now here's the flip side. One of the tasks I had was to be the FOIA officer or at least the, the FOIA intake officer. And the problem is, you have to respond to everybody. You can't just sort of filter them by like, oh, I think this is a serious mm. normal FOIA that like a member of the press is offering. If somebody sends you a handwritten, clearly like something is off, they have some sort of some sort of mental issue and they're requesting records that don't exist, you still have to respond to them. If they call you and they ask what happened to my FOIA, you still have to talk to them and be nice to them. So I had to like, there is a, there is like over here, the cool stuff you get to do doing the actual investigations. And then there's the like, yep, I also have to do all this like ministerial stuff, but it was, it was a fun job. And, um, I learned was, that. Yeah. yeah. Go, I was, was corrupt, like corrupt, dysfunctional part of like New York city government. Oh, Rikers Island by far. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like ah, this is I, I'm going to I'm going to try to keep this as vague as possible uh, because I think I can still get in trouble for talking about it too detailed. But like the the level of corruption and abuse of the system and authority that happens at Rikers Island in in particular with the Department of Corrections was just staggering, was just staggering, like super big culture of silence. One of the funniest things that happens when you work for DOI, the department I was in, and you drive onto the island, because you have to go through a like checkpoint and you have to tell them who you are and show them your badge, whatever. And the second you do that, after you clear the gates, if you turn your walkie talkie on so that you're on like the island frequency or whatever, 
they'll all start squawking to each other. They'll say like DOIs on on the um on the island. And they all are like immediately like, hey, heads up, mom and dad are home. And they're looking for contraband or whatever. So yeah, it was oh. it was it was definitely the the most consistently uh the the other one is the more less surprising one is the Department of Buildings. And it's just yeah. like, yeah. It's just the mob, right? And, well, it's 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 the mob and it's just like people cutting corners and people taking people trying to bribe inspectors and like it's it's I guess, suppose it's like uh less morally worrisome because it's mostly just like lower level stuff, but it's everywhere and all the time. Huh. Um, How often did you have to go out to Rikers? Um, it depended on the project you were on. Like I, if, if I was on an investigation that focused there, I was probably going like once every other week or so. And I learned something very important. So Rikers is right next to uh, LaGuardia airport. Yeah. And when the president comes to New York City and lands at LaGuardia Airport, Rikers Island shuts down, nobody in, nobody out, for as long as Air Force One is sitting on the tarmac. So if he, if he makes an impromptu visit to go to the United Nations or something, and you happen to be, you think, oh, I have a morning oh. meeting on the island, <laughs> buddy you're you're there until the president leaves everybody is there until the president leaves that's just the security protocol that they have so so we definitely i i never got stuck but we definitely had like oh, calls from colleagues that were like yeah man i'm not gonna make it back for these three other things the president came to town yeah. awful place to be <laughs> yeah um what do you, what do you do now? What what what's I cuz that's something I yeah. I was talking to Tron. I I uh, for the people and for my benefit. What yeah. what are you up to now? Tell us what you're doing and then I want to kind of backtrack after that and explore how how, how you've ended we, up where we, you how are. How we got yeah. from A yeah, to yeah, yeah. B. That's yeah. fair. Um so my my main day job is I uh, am the managing editor for Secret Base which is um SB Nations mostly video operation where me and John boys and Seth Rosenthal and Will Bukema and a, and a bunch of other people, Clara Morris, Joali, we make mostly um, storytelling focused sports video. So we don't do any sort of like, here's a preview of what's going to happen this week in the NFL. Here's like a recap of, you know, last night in the NBA. We used to do a lot of stuff like that. But we decided probably like four years ago, we're just sort of going to lean into telling interesting sports stories, trying to tell them in ways that sort of stand out from the crowd. And like, that's all we do. And it's a really fun job and a really uh, cool group of people. And I hope I get to do it for a long time. On the side, I'm still doing the Shutdown Fullcast, the only college football podcast on the internet, <laughs> um, with... Spencer Hall and Holly Anderson and Jason Kirk. And we're doing that twice a week. Yeah, we're doing that twice a week now. And yeah, that's sort of the weird like place I find myself now. What's your favorite uh, video that you guys have done so far? Like like the the ones on the Atlanta Falcons was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mo of, of the recent stuff we've done, Seth, and a couple of other people on the team made a three-part miniseries on the Cleveland Cavaliers and the history of that franchise up through them finally winning a title. 
And I don't think I really realized like what a flagrantly poorly run franchise that was for like a big stretch where they where the the league basically had to step in and say you can't trade draft picks anymore because you are you are like irreparably harming the future of your own team and if you go back and look and see it like the Dallas Mavericks basically built that like um Jason Kidd and um Oh, who else am I thinking of that's on that team? That like early '90s team with Don Nelson, like uh, Michael Finn, or no, it's probably probably no. This pre, is pretty. This pre, is the pre, Triple pre, J. This is the Triple J team, and I just uh, can't was remember. Patrick Wallace um, on that team, maybe um, Jamal Mashburn's on that team. He's one of the other ones that I'm thinking of. So like that's one of the the one of the recent ones that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, I, and, and that owner was 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 Gordon Gund. Like, no, this is like was this he is, the really inept dude, or was this no, a guy this, before him? This is this is I think the guy um, before him who um, his name is uh, Stepien, and I I think his name's Bob Stepien. I should know these things. The, Ted Stepien, that's who he is. Ted Stepien, and he owned the team from um, he only owned them from eighty to eighty three. It was like a very short time. But it was such a like poorly run stretch of the Cavs that he basically killed them for maybe a decade or so. Like it was, it was a very rough go, and he took a team that was maybe promising and was maybe interesting. And it's not in the video, but one of the most interesting things about it is the Cavs are one of these teams that come to the league around the same time as like I want to say like the Warriors and the Blazers, maybe the Clippers, maybe the Mavs. And all these other teams have these sort of normal growth arcs where they sort of like they start out bad, like a lot of expansion franchises do. They get a few players. The draft is meant to help them. And the Cavs just like stay down in the cellar for forever. And it's entirely of their own doing. It's insane. Oh, I go back and watch that. Uh, yeah. And I was just going to say with the Cavs, too, you know the the bad boy pistons overlapped with them and then yeah. into the jordan era was, oh the, uh, yeah yeah the jordan tough the, go of it yeah like everybody remembers the craig elo jordan shot but there are like four straight years where like the the calves for a while everybody was like oh that's the team of the future and then the jordan bolts came along and just completely wiped them <laughs> off the map yeah. completely uh so where are you based now? Are you in the New York area still? No, or are you no. Elsewhere? I moved. I moved to Nashville. Um, so I'm in Tennessee. Uh, okay. like two years ago. Yeah, like two years ago. Um, my wife is from here originally, so that's that's where we're at now. Gotcha. Um, okay. What? When did Twitter start for you? Oh, Talk to me about Celebrity Hot Tub and you know, <laughs> like it's like how, how do you, how the hell do you get from working? For yeah. the internal investigations for the city of New York. Sure, yeah, yeah. Whatever, did, you know, whatever the hell EDSPS became. How did I fall from grace? Yeah, it's yeah. And how question. how you got connected with those guys originally, Spencer and Jason, and and the Everyday Should Be Saturday crew. So, I was a commenter on EDSPS while I was a lawyer. So I was just like many people. I was as, yeah, just as, of, as lawyers are wont to do. Yes, that's right. That's right. So I was just sort of like fucking around at points during the day hopping on reading what spencer or holly had written trying to write something witty in the comments in response usually failing but whatever and i did that for long enough that i want to say it's when holly left to go work for 
it might have been Sports Illustrated, it might have been Yahoo, I don't remember which, but Spencer reached out to me because he had seen me in the comments, and I think we had met once or twice in person at that point, and he was like, hey, you, like, get what we're doing here, and, like, you've, I've seen some, like, you've written some funny asides or whatever. If you feel like writing on your own time, no pay, just sort of, like, for fun, you're welcome to do so. And so I like kind of took him up on that and did a little here and there all under a pseudonym because I still had a respectable day job. And that sort of grew into, hey, would you like to write part time for money? And I did that. And I was writing uh, for him and for Deadspin. Like this is like 2011, 2010, maybe uh, era Deadspin writing for them as well. And then basically, while I was at the Department of Investigation, we had a mayoral election for the first time in nine years. And an interesting thing happens when you work for a city department and the mayor turns over. This was the first time we knew um, that there was going to be a new mayor. Everybody leaves. Like everybody who's everybody who's at the top levels is like, all right, well, I know, you know, um, I know if I'm the head of this department, the mayor's going to want their own person in, so I'm going to go find a new job. And their deputy says, all right, well, I know the new person's not going to want me as their deputy, so I'm going to find a new job. And this sort of trickles down. Some people stay, and some people are like, I've been here for 30 years, I'm not leaving. Or I think, you know, this this is going to work out for me. But I was sort of in a weird place where I hadn't been there that long, and all of the people who had hired me had left to go work somewhere else. And I was like, uh, I, I don't know if I should stay. I don't know if I should start looking. And at the same time, SB Nation was like, hey, do you want to come work for us full time? And I just sort of said like, yeah, I think this is the right time to sort of explore that possibility. I can always go back into legal practice if I want to. I don't think that's true anymore, but it seemed correct at the time. And I just went off to be, at the time, a college football writer full-time. Were you always writing college football stuff, like for Deadspin? Like, that was yeah. always the topic? Yeah, yeah, okay. that was that was the thing, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, that's how I came to start working more directly with, with Jason, um, with Holly, even though she wasn't working. She, at that point, I think, was working at Grantland. Um, and got eventually to meet, you know, Richard and Alex and a bunch of other people like that. And yeah, it's been a very, it's not like a path that I'm like, if you just do these eight things, right. you can be the, like, I don't know how this happened. I don't have any real insight into it or, um, or advice to offer from it, but it's how it's worked out and I'm reasonably happy with it. So <laughs> I, I feel like in hindsight, the transition from Bloomberg to Bill de Blasio would have been, would have been pretty, uh, pretty jarring. Um, I don't think we knew at the time exactly what it was going to look like in that regard, because I think we all were like, oh, Bill de Blasio is just another sort of city functionary. I think he was the comptroller mm -hmm. at that point. So we're just like, here comes this dork. And he's just going to do dorky things. And that's not really the way it worked out, which that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, can't have a normal mayor. For uh, just with you explaining yeah. that story and how, and how, I mean, I, 
we told Spencer the same thing, but I, I, I just want to say to you, like how much Tron and I loved reading every day should be Saturday when we were going to Miami of Ohio together um, in the mid to later part of the two thousands. And certainly what, what you guys were able and are, are still able to accomplish has played a huge role for us. So um, I got it just listening to kind of your story and, you know, like I, I joke with people, you know, did I ever think I'd be working for a golf company? Like it's, it's just amazing sure. where it can take you. So, um, yeah, I mean, thinking extra about special conversation for us to get to talk to you. Just Thank for, you. That's very nice to hear. Yeah. For how much of a role you guys have played for us, you know, probably unbeknown, unbeknownst to you guys. <laughs> yeah. We, we like, we certainly would probably wouldn't exist if not for you guys. It was kind of like, Hey, like, why doesn't this thing exist for golf or why, like, yeah. why don't people talk about golf this way? And, uh, and then got like, I mean, even, even like some of the pop culture stuff, like I started watching all the, you know, the, the Oscars or the Grammys, just cause you and Spencer would be on Twitter, just yeah. absolutely <laughs> posting people or me, you know, like it's, those were the glory days, like the 2012 to 15 there, you know? Yeah. It is really weird that like, it, it feels forever ago, but that's like what Twitter used to be was basically sort of like open mic night to just yeah. say weird or funny or slightly off color shit. And it was like, I don't, there are a lot of things that changed and we super don't have to get into all of them. But like, I, I think it was, I was very fortunate to start on Twitter when I did, when it was just sort of like, okay, yeah, people are just here for like an extremely low stakes, good time an yeah. extremely low stakes, good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good, good way of putting it where it's like, yeah, like I'm not sure what changed, but everything changed. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's, uh, can you hint at any projects you guys are working on or anything in the pipeline that you're very excited about? With yeah. Superbase? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're working on a podcast of our own. We haven't had one and I have, we have not talked about it publicly at all. And maybe somebody's going to yell at me about it, but John boys is, um, leading the effort behind it. It's very much like in the same vein of, based in sports storytelling and based on talking about sort of like the weird little nooks and crannies that sometimes go unobserved or unremembered. Um, we're still figuring out like exactly when it's, it's not going to come out till next year. I know that part. Um, we're still figuring out exactly how, how, what it's going to look like, but I'm very excited about that because we, I think we're, we're very proud of all the work we've done on video, but, there are some people who, you know, are just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to watch YouTube. I don't really want to like, that's not my preferred format. And we get that. And I think being able to, to do some things in audio is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and has already, um, led John to helping me, sh uh, helping me remember UFC's third t uh, championship event which was run, won by the second alternate who was a cop from Nebraska who I don't think had ever fought before. Huh? Yeah. I, and I was going to ask, have, have you, you know, being so focused on college football, do, do your passions 
are you still as passionate about college football today as you have been, or where do you find your interests gravitating towards? I think, I, I think my passion for college football has changed. I don't think it's gone away and I don't think it's, it definitely hasn't disappeared, but I, I think I got into it in a very normal place of like, I am a partisan to these events. I want Florida to do well and I want Florida State and Georgia and Tennessee to suck. And, you know, everybody else is sort of like change how I feel depending. And now I, I think I, I view it more as like this very weird sourdough starter that won't die. And I think it's just interesting. Like Florida sucks this year. Florida, Florida's down so bad. They're going to suck less though. Now that, now that they got rid of Grant, <laughs> they might suck differently. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that much, but you think Mullen makes it like, I think, yes, year? I think he's bottom. I think he's bought himself another year. Uh, th- that said, there's still, I didn't think that Florida would get absolutely trounced by South Carolina and there are still games left on the schedule. If they lose to Missouri and Florida state, like, I wouldn't feel great if I were Dan Mullen. I'd feel rich, but I wouldn't feel great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I view, I view it now as more like this just very interesting, bizarre collection of dramatic experiences that I probably feel less personally invested in. Florida being good or bad is still exciting and frustrating to me but not in the same way that it was when I got started, not in the same way when I was in college. And the flip side is that most of the time, I'm still getting used to the idea that George is going to win the national title this year, and I'm mostly okay <laughs> with it. Um, but like, I don't have the same sort of strong prejudices and biases that I used to. Like, I don't, you know... I don't necessarily enjoy that Florida state is as bad as they are right now. I think it's interesting. I think it's funny, but I'm not sort of like taking the, the direct pleasure out of it that I would. Um, I don't sort of like need Michigan to be bad. Yeah. I feel like you, you kind of realize, or, you know, maybe this is just a, a more recent thing. Cause I, I find myself like, I don't really watch that many of the games, but I still, track like keep track of everything yeah um because yeah like it's interesting and it's kind of a, a cultural you know it's like a cultural landscape that's just very fascinating but um i think like going in with the knowledge that everybody's a mercenary right that like the coaches yes. are you know when 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 moss champ goes from florida to south carolina to georgia or something you know it's just yeah. there's just such a you know, it's like, Hey, like all these dudes are for hire and there's really not, you know, you're rooting for somebody that in five years, they, they may very well be at, at your biggest rival. Sure. Know? And, and that's, that's starting to come true. Right. Yeah. Like with the transfer portal and that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't yeah. think I'm not mad. Like Baker Mayfield didn't stay at Texas tech or yeah. whatever. Um, or that Joe Burrow didn't stay at Ohio state. Like, I get why these things happen and I think they're good, but I do, I do think it changes sort of how you engage with it. And the other thing that's changed a lot in the last like 20 years or so is that we used to think of all of these things as very regional things from recruiting all the way up. Like Ohio, it's so funny. I remember when Urban Meyer got to Ohio state, 
one of the first things he did that really pissed off other members of the Big Ten was he didn't follow the recruiting rules about what you like who owns which state. Like okay. he was everybody was like, no, Wisconsin players are supposed to go or they're at least supposed to have right of first refusal at Wisconsin. And you can come in and like get whoever Wisconsin doesn't want. And you know, Michigan is supposed to get the best players in Michigan. And he just didn't care. And he shouldn't care. But I think that's one of the things that has changed so much is that and and that can be very hard for fans to accept is that like there's no rule that says the best players in Florida have to go to Miami, Florida State, or UF or UCF. They can go to Georgia. They can go to USC. They can go to Texas. They can go to Ohio State. They frequently do. But that has cha- that I think changes sort of like the regional or local pride element of it and turns it more into a like okay yeah these are like kind of above board kind of not above board uh corporations that are just running businesses and that's fine and that's probably the more equitable way to do it now but it is it is a big uh it change with what it's like to engage with i think we gotta ask about your uh your uh, bloom and onion experience uh, oh yes boy. oh boy what do you want to know let's let's you you ask me questions and i'll, I'll just do take my us best through answer. the just take us through the you know like was that a lifelong dream of yours? No, that, no. You know, just materialized. So the year. Well, to, to, uh, yeah. yeah, let me let sure. me jump in. I'll just set it up. In 2017, uh, Ryan was donned the the Bloomin' Onion mascot costume at the Outback Bowl. Uh, it was Michigan versus South Carolina. It was on the heels of getting, I believe, 10,000 retweets on Twitter. Yep. Um, yeah. How? What? I, I guess specifically when did that idea pop into your head exactly one year earlier i was watching i think the 2016 i'm gonna check here because i don't remember exactly the 2016 outback bowl um yeah okay this it's tennessee northwestern we were watching this game because my wife went to tennessee tennessee what, won this what, a, what a deliciously yeah. weird matchup that that is was not a good game <laughs> tennessee won this 45 to 6 yeah um, but watching this game on the couch, they're showing the two mascots and the way it works is there's, they have a blooming onion mascot and a, uh, fried coconut shrimp mascot. Part of the reason that they do that is that Outback runs this promo where if the SEC wins the Outback bowl, you can get a free blooming onion. I think the next day at Outback, if the big 10 wins it, you can get free coconut shrimp. You're supposed to have a rooting interest based on your appetizer preferences if you don't care about the teams. So I saw this and I just turned to my wife and I was like, I want to be the Bloomin' Onion in the Outback Bowl next year. That's it. I just saw it and like a child in a, in a toy store, I just pointed and said, I want that. And so I engaged on a probably like six month ceaseless multi-platform war against Outback and their corporate parents uh, to to let me do this. And they finally yielded and were sort of like, fine. What was that? Like, was there back channeling or was there any sort of like, yo, dude, you got to chill out. Like it was, <laughs> it was silence for a long time. It was, they ignored me for as long as they could. And then finally at one point they were like, okay, we, they, 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 they first tried to let me down and they were like, look, we do this as sort of a internal reward 
for Outback team members or whatever who, you know, we want to let do this, which I don't like. I still don't totally get, but whatever. Like, we'll put that to the side. Re reward is an interesting choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they're like, but, you know, we can we can probably let you do it for part of the game, but we're going to make you do this Twitter retweet thing first. And they said, let's do 10,000. And man, I was just like, this is not a problem. This is not a, like we're gonna crush this, and I think it took. We like got firepower. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take any time at all, and then after that, it was just a matter of like setting up the particulars. I had to like go in and try the costume on early. Um, they had me like walk through with the person who was the mascot for the rest of the game to sort of be like, "Hey, this how you get it on. This how you because it's heavy. It's not light, and it's also." Um, it's not flexible. So once you're in it, your sort of arms are at your side. You sort of are like inhabiting Grimace's body and you sort of like cannot put your, you can't put your arms straight down and you are carrying all the weight of it on your shoulders while also wearing a bike helmet with a dipping sauce <laughs> thing on top. The more you say it, the more stupider it sounds, but yeah, yeah, that's the thing I did. All right, maybe we have to have you power rank, uh, you know, Tampa-based, like, chain restaurants. Chain like restaurants. Hooters, wow. that's, you know, Outback. Um, what else? Bonefish, I think, is one. Oh, man, yeah. Um, Checkers and Rallies. Uh, Beefo Brady's. Okay, I can do this. Um, Bonefish, number one. Bonefish is, like, the easiest place to take your parents where they'll be like, whoa, look at you. You got a job and you made money. You can take us out to Bonefish now. And it's not that expensive. But just the idea that there are like multiple ways that they can get salmon in a like place that's more dimly lit than a Chili's is like, oh man. Bonefish is running one of the best fake fancy scams that there is. And I think that's the most Tampa thing about it. Um, I think... So we, I think we'll probably put Outback number two because I, and I've told this a million times, but Outback Steakhouse is an Australian themed restaurant started by business people in Tampa who had never been to Australia. And the ballsiness of that, the pure chutzpah to say, we will take an entire, not just a country, an entire continent, and we will decide what their cuisine is without research, without experience, without consultation, and guess what? It's steak and brown bread. I don't know if they eat that in Australia. To this day, other than Foster's, I couldn't tell you what people eat in Australia. No, people don't even eat. People in Australia do not drink Foster's. See? Exactly. Yeah. See? Yeah. Same deal. Like, you know? we, we have come, like, there are Americanizations of things. Like, Tex Mex is obviously not the exact same thing as Mexican food. Um, Americanized Chinese food is not exactly the same thing as they Chinese food. You know? Yes, sure. But at the very least, we can say like you can trace the path. You can see how a New York slice compares to Neapolitan pizza, and you can say like, all right, I see, I see the image of the fish crawling out of the sea and turning into a human. I see how these two are connected. Outback skipped all that shit, man. Outback just said this is what the food is. It's Australian because we are making commercials with a stupid accent, and there's a boomerang on the wall. That's it. So they're number two. Uh, <laughs> Checkers number three, because um, 
I'm always a big fan. I've talked about this before as well. Uh, they ran an ad campaign in the 90s where their tagline was, you got to eat. That's it. Had nothing to do with how good the food was, how fresh very, the food was. Very, it, very Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right? 100%. Your body, your body needs ATP. We can provide the building blocks for it. That's it. It's a business transaction. Get in, get out. Um, Hooters number four, because the main problem with Hooters is all the other customers. All everybody yeah. else who's at a Hooters, you're just like, man. Like that's the worst place to run into somebody you didn't expect to be there. You know, be like, oh, cool. I'm my old math teacher was at Hooters today. That's great. Now we both I, have to sit with that. My cousin, who who is a like a James Beard award winning chef from in and originally from Sarasota, he to this like he's a chicken wing enthusiast, and to yeah. this day he says that like Hooters chicken wings are like the most. Guys, as far as mass produced, um, you know, like, you know, kind of iconic pieces of food, like Hooters wings are like the top of the food chain as far as like most impressive and most consistent and just like really, really damn good chicken wings. But why that's, that's what confuses me. It's like, there is a lane where you can just be like, we are, we make the best chicken wings. We are the best chicken wing experience you can get on a like chain level in this country. But instead they go with this like very retro, very sort of like at this point, kind of weird seeming like, and also tits, also tits. But also like on the, on the tits front, they're not, they're, they're getting blown out of the water by like twin peaks now and all, you know, so they're not even doing that. They're not even top of the heap on that. And in Tampa again, the strip club's right there. Like, what is this halfway? Why do I, why do we need a, like, nobody ever said like, I want the titty bar experience, but I also want to be able to bring my kids and get protein. Like where is the, what Venn diagram is this Hooters? I don't understand it. Um, and what was the fifth one we had on the list? Uh, yeah, we had, I mean, you, you, you could go Carabas, you could go yeah. Beef Brady's, which I've never oh, been beef, to. Yeah, let's put Fleming's Bifos. Prime Steakhouse. Let's put Beefo's fifth. Beefo's is um terrible name. Beefo Brady's, just horrifying. Uh, what is it? It's, Irish? It's, it's like a knockoff Irish pub? Kind of, it's more, it's, be, it's like Irish in the way Bennigan's was Irish. Okay. Um, Bennigan's either. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Bennigan's whole thing was like, "Hey, man, we'll we'll make your drink green. That makes it Irish now. Here's your, here's your Irish gin tonic because it's got green food coloring in it or some shit." Um, yeah, BFO Brady's. The only good thing I have to say about them is the menu is hilarious, and they were in uh, what was this 2000? They opened early for um, World Cup matches, so you could go have. A truly sad Tampa experience and go eat breakfast in a beef of Brady's while you watch like France France choke away the final against Italy. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, all right. One of our big topics is uh is 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 always grocery stores. Yeah. And, you know, Lakeland, the home of Publix. Yes. Very nearby. Uh I'm a you know, I think despite some of their, you know, their heirs and heiresses, I'm I'm a big Publix supporter uh randy's a huge kroger guy it's really? kind of isn't mm-hmm. between us yeah i've, I think I've never i've never met a huge kroger person what oh. can you can you give me the like the 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 short version of that what uh, what a great day for you so i <laughs> I, I, I uh 
as Tron always points out, you know, I, I'm from Cincinnati, which is the headquarter of Kroger. So, you know, Kroger is all I knew. And mm -hmm. there are some exceptionally nice Kroger's around Cincinnati. And um, I'm very loyal to Kroger. Uh, what I'm learning is people, especially in Florida, other parts, I think Nashville, I don't know if Kroger's in Nashville, I would imagine. Oh, no, yeah, I live, I live 10 minutes from, I, I live walking distance from a Kroger's. Uh, so yeah. Atlanta, there are some not so nice Kroger's. And sure. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I think what what, what always stands out to me is like we or what's weird to me is like people people hold Publix up as like a destination. And mm -hmm. I just have never thought of grocery stores like that. And um, that sounds I, like a you problem. Well, well no, I, I guess I, I almost point give that a point for Kroger in that it's just very, you know, we were talking about earlier. It's just very transactional. Like you come to our grocery store, get what you need. We'll send you on your way. Um, you know, I, I think what bothers me about Publix is it's almost a creepy over the top type of service. Um, you know, they're offering to take my bags out to the car. I don't, I don't want that. I don't need that. Um, they only do that if you, if oh, you, yeah. or Randy. no, no, no. Yeah. They, they ask me when I check out, sir, do you need help with those bags? I, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm so strong. I'm a big and, and, boy. And, and, and Ryan, Ryan... He, he hates that he can't tip him either when they do it <laughs> because they got the no tipping button. Yeah, there. right. right uh, so, Ryan, right. I guess net net. I'm just firmly entrenched with Kroger at this point. It's a war I'm willing to keep fighting. Um, well, it provides you the the shopping experience that you crave. You want something that's much more like I know my role. Yeah. You know yours. Yes, we're, exactly. we're here to get through this. It's yeah. it's groceries, right? I, I don't particularly enjoy it. It's an hour a week. Um, I, yeah, I do I think love, the, I love the Kroger cake. store brand, I think, is good. Mm -hmm. Public store brand is great, though. Like, that's one of the things. Like, their, yeah. their, their meat case, their produce, all that is, is yeah. exceptional. So, like, yeah. I, I enjoy going to the grocery store, you know, where shopping is a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... I don't think so, anybody enjoys going to a Florida Publix. Come on. So here, here's what you have to think about, though. There is the Publix and Florida fit perfectly together in the following way. If you are going to Florida for a beach vacation where you are staying at a house, you have to go to a grocery store. And what you need from that grocery store is different from what you would do in Nashville and Cincinnati, wherever, just doing your normal weekly shopping and having a place where you're like, yes, I can get a very good 18 piece fried chicken, or I can get subs for the whole family, or I can get a sheet cake because we're here for somebody's birthday and it will be good. And also you get they have, for lunch. Yes. Know? They have good produce. They have um, like the store itself is clean. I don't like, I, it's very hard to explain how much this store is clean and organized and people are nice, how much that stands out in Florida. And well lit. Yeah, yeah because like you can wander a like point. a Winn-Dixie and it looks like it's like straight out of like the Soviet block. Yes, yes. And like that is that it's it's not necessarily like Publix is doing all of these things at a 10 in a vacuum. It's that they are like Food Lion was one of the big chains in Florida for a while, and they had a pork bleaching scandal that made it onto like 60 Minutes or something. This is the competition. This is this is the same reason why, like, I think people are there are some people who are super into Disney World 
And it's because they like that Disney is this like very precise, very reliable, very like high touch feeling experience. Even if some of us, like I'm not that into Disney, I would rather go to something that feels a little like grimier and weirder or whatever. But but public scratches that same itch of like, I feel safe here. And like in a world of Florida madness, this is a place where things will be normal and nice. No, no kidding. I think that's the best way I've had it explained to me. And and in that context, it, it absolutely makes sense. And I think it also highlights maybe my uncomfortableness is it, 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 it feels a little pleasant, Philly. Like I leave a yes. Publix and I'm like, oh, my God, did I like in did did i just sign up for a bible class or right. you know, am i what, in a cult now do yes. i go to texas a&m i do exactly uh oh, that, that makes me so happy that, that you got a texas a&m blast <laughs> well, so uh, I, I appreciate i appreciate that perspective ryan um thank it's just you. It's like super high floor randy right it's mm-hmm. you know but like within I've kind of bad publics but within yeah. the madness of florida it, yes. It, yes. It's, I, con- it's, it's entirely a contextual thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you've got a crazy heiress that's, you know, doing all sorts of yeah. fundamental yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. One more question. Okay. Go for TC, it. one yeah. more. <laughs> you gotta, we got to talk pole assassin. <laughs> we haven't. So everybody online has been like, yo, like you guys got to do a, a whole special episode just in the pole assassin. But, yeah. You know, I was talking to Bunky the other night as all this was breaking and it, it was just absolutely outrageous. One of the like kind of reminded me of why I love college football in yes, the first. Place. Yes, yes, yes. This you you don't get pole assassin in the NFL. You definitely don't get it exactly. in the NFL. No, the shield's not having it. Yeah. I mean, the, the most surprising thing about this is that. Sark got asked about it. Like, I really was like, Texas is not going to entertain this. They're not going to, like, al- allow anybody to do this. But but the fact that somebody got to ask the football coach of the Texas Longhorns. I hadn't seen that. What did he say? Like, was he was he was just like, it's not a distraction. We're, <laughs> we're focused. He gave, like, a super college football coach answer about, like, you know, we're just, we're just focused on the next game. We're just doing what we got, which, like, they went out and uh, lost to Iowa State. Um, by 23 points. So maybe it wasn't a distraction. Maybe Texas football is just bad. Um, but yeah, what a beautiful, what a beautiful, stupid story. Pole it's, it's, it's a perfect welcome to the SEC for Texas. Yes. I love that it happened to Texas. I feel like they try to hold themselves up to a higher standard. And this story reminds us that, uh, no, you're, you're, you're in the muck and the mire, just like everybody else in college football. I also football. think, you know, it sounds like the, like, like the little kid was in the wrong too, where, you know, the pole assassin gave us the tour of the backyard and, and yeah. basically said, Hey, like, you know, look at all the hoops that this kid had to jump through to get back to the monkey. This is where, where I stand on it is still. So she, she, I think this is in the context of like, she set up a Halloween maze or whatever. And this is the same thing I told Jason on Halloween your warning signs don't read the same. If you put up a sign that says like warning, danger monkey back here but i'm on a i'm on a haunted house i think that's part of the experience it could be like a dude dressed up like a monkey with a chainsaw yeah if you invite me over for easter brunch and you're like and there's a sign that says like monkey cage no i'm not gonna open it but that's different yeah yeah whiffs tc when you said that whiffs of the harambe situation from years (laughs) ago yeah Yeah. that, that kid was in the wrong as well 
Well, and then, and then, you know, like everything that's been going on with coach O who just, you know, mm-hmm. that whole like, rolling up to random, you know, boosters, wives or trustees, wives. Oh, you want to work out. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, and then, uh, uh, yeah, actually I had, so my boss, uh, for a couple of years, um, when I worked in the hotel business, my boss played at LSU. He was a punter on the LSU team with, uh, Laron Landry and mm-hmm. Laron Landry had a pet monkey and, uh, and the monkey used to like come to, come to workouts or come <laughs> to practice, you know, all this stuff. But he said like, same kind of thing. Like the monkey was kind of mean. It was, it was a, it was a weird, weird deal. Monkey, like pet, pet monkeys, strange situation. The thing that I think most college football fans either realize and don't talk about or don't realize is that by and large, and there are some exceptions, like I don't think Mark Richt falls into this category, but so many college football coaches are just like uncontrollably horny. And so much time and effort is spent on other, by other staff members, by like the SID, whoever, just like getting them to be like, can you please corral your horniness into like these manageable ways? Like Bobby Petrino stands out as like, wow, you took it way too far. But what I, what I need to impress upon your listeners is that he's not hornier than the rest of them. They're all that horny. He just couldn't keep it together. Like the fact that like Dana Holgerson's kept it together down in Houston, like running yeah. around with Tillman Fertitta. Yes. You yes. know, at all of his casinos. Like that that's crazy to me. Right. Yes. Or, and and that's not because Dana is like, you know what, I'm gonna stay home and I'm gonna just get on the Nordic track and just work out some No, I'm sure Dana's getting up to some 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 exciting nightlife, but people around him understand how to manage that. And that's the key. Yeah. Wonderful. I know, I know we're, we've, we've kept you, uh, your allotted time here, Ryan, this was an absolute joy. Uh, I just want to reiterate again, you know, thank you to, to, you know, through the years, all, all of your writing, uh, how much entertainment you have provided us and, uh, to, to be a little sappy, you know, the, the inspiration as well, um, to help us get this no laying up thing going. So, um, Truly, truly special to talk to you and, and hope we can do it again sometime. Best of luck with the new podcast in the coming year and, and everything at Secret Base as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love what you guys do. Keep it up. Keep rolling. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, appreciate the time. You kind of blew my mind with some of the New York uh, <laughs> investigator stuff. I had a whole life before this and I threw it away. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who